Join the Wall Street Journal's Tech Live Cybersecurity on June 6, 2024, in New York City, to be at the forefront of shaping the future of cybersecurity and creating a more secure digital landscape. Use the discount code PODCAST to receive $200 off your registration fee. Visit wsj.com slash techcyberpodcast to learn more. I'm Gloria Steinem. I'm a writer, activist, and a feminist organizer. You may not at any given moment, you probably won't have saved enough money to the end of your life. Most folks do not. But if you're doing what you love, you're likely to excel at it, and you will be rewarded in a way that is not monetary. And I think you'll have the best chance of monetary success, too. This is Secrets of Wealthy Women from The Wall Street Journal, helping women empower themselves financially. Now, Veronica Dagger. Welcome to a special edition of Secrets of Wealthy Women, a look at strength and engagement at every age. Gloria Steinem recently led a discussion at Evercore Wealth Management on remaining vital through every age of your life. A feminist icon and advocate, she's been a longtime champion for women's rights. She continues to lead talks on how to use your inner strength to remain vital throughout every phase of your life. We caught up with Gloria before she spoke to female clients at Evercore's event. So, Gloria, you said having a dad who didn't have a regular job shaped how you think about money. How so? I realized, uh, because of his example, that one can survive and prosper without having an employer. <laughs> and uh, I was not about to start a business, but as a writer and a freelancer and a lecturer, I've somehow managed to persist in that way. I heard for the longest time you thought you'd become a bag lady. How come? You know, I, that's a very common fantasy I've discovered in women. Uh, maybe not so much now in younger women, but for all the generations who were taught that you needed a man to support you. Even though we were supporting ourselves, we still had this lesson in our ear. So we thought, okay, I'm doing it now, but it can't, it can't persist. It can't endure. And so I, I comforted myself by thinking, well, I'll just organize the other bag ladies. What's your advice to women who feel like they'll need to support themselves for the rest of their lives? Well, my advice is, is uh, do as much as you can of what you love. You know, have a, have faith in yourself and your work. You you may not at any given moment, you probably won't have saved enough money to, to the end of your life. Most folks do not. But if you're doing what you love, you're likely to excel at it, and you will be rewarded in a way that is not monetary. And I think you'll have the best chance of, of monetary success, too. I read you didn't start saving until you were 50. What advice would you give women who haven't started saving yet? A follow my advice, not my actions. <laughs> I was always telling people, telling women to save, but I was just not doing it because I, I don't know. I don't know why exactly. Um, I guess because I didn't know what was coming and also because of this this subliminal message that somehow somebody else was going to arrive to to take care of you in some way. I, I know that that sounds unlikely, but I do think it runs very deep in women. What's the smartest investment you ever made? The apartment I live in. I've never made any other investment. I mean, well, I have a retirement fund, so that invests itself. It, it, first of all, it was lucky because it, I happened to be one of the five people buying this brownstone in which we 
lived at the low point in New York real estate. So it was the financial luck of my life. And also it's given me a sense of, of, of comfort and security that I own my own nest. Even birds need nests. How do you think women can achieve equal pay? First of all, asking for it and refusing to save what you earned before. We're, we've succeeded in passing in several states, and I hope it will be true nationally, that you can't be asked what your previous salary was. So, uh, f- you know, try do research and find out what has been paid for a comparable or the same job and ask for it and don't take less. What advice do you have for women who don't want to fit their lives into existing gender stereotypes? Don't. <laughs> Listen, there's more diversity between two women in terms of characteristics and genes and so on and so on, and talents and and uniqueness than between males and females as groups. And gender actually was invented along with patriarchy. Old languages uh, like Cherokee in this country or old languages in India or in Africa don't, don't have he and she. People are people. What a concept. How do you get over that social pressure, though, to whether it be have kids or get married. Well, it's, I, I agree that it's not easy, and I think we probably can't do it in isolation. So we need a group. We are social animals, so we need a group of people, friends, relatives, a mix of, you know, who, who support us and what we want to do and who laugh at the same jokes and share the same values uh, in order to, to support us in in and becoming who we uniquely are. What do you say to women who feel like they need to be successful before age 30? You know, that is, um, I think, tied to the biological clock. I think the reason women think that is because they think they have to be successful before they have a child. And, you know, that just makes no sense. I mean, it's the opposite end from my generation because we thought that we couldn't plan forward if you know what I mean. We thought that our families, our husbands and children would plan our lives for us. Now, uh, it's the opposite. I think young women are trying to plan their lives in a way that's not possible to do. If you know, the means are the ends. So if you do as close to you can, (laughs) as you can, to what you love and what you think is fair and rewarding, today you have increased the likelihood that you will be able to do that in the future. Where do you think the Me Too movement goes? from here? Uh, Everywhere. You know, it's the first time in my life that women have been being believed for the most part. I mean, it's uh, before (laughs) even sexual assault was often attributed to where you were, what what clothes you had on, how much you had to drink, and that was true of sexual harassment, too. This is a huge change. It's the first, it's been building for 40 years. Sexual harassment as a phrase uh, was invented by women trying to describe what happened to them in summer jobs uh, in the early 1970s. Then it was written into uh, sex discrimination law by uh, Catherine McKinnon, a brilliant lawyer. You know, we've had steps along the way, but this past year, I would say, it's the first time it's become a majority consciousness. How much sexual harassment have you had to deal with? Not so much, because I haven't had a job. (laughs) I mean, if you can't be fired, it's easier to say no, you know. But it is true that... Uh, when I, as a freelancer, was delivering articles to the Sunday New York Times magazine, the editor would give me a choice. Either I could mail his letters on the way out or go to a hotel room with him in the afternoon. But, you know, I, I was not in the same position as women who are completely 
dependent on one source of income. What do you say to men who are afraid that if they mentor women, they could open themselves up to liability? The, uh, fine, but then you can't mentor men. Whatever you do, it has to be equal. If you don't mean a, meet alone with women, you can't meet alone with men. How can women feel more confident? It's complicated, isn't it, because there's so many different forces. I think it helps to reverse the golden rule, if this makes sense. I mean, we're, we're taught to treat other people as well as we would treat ourselves, which is a good rule, I think, probably written by a smart guy. <laughs> but, but women probably need to learn to treat ourselves as well as we treat other people and to value our own talents as much as we value similar talents in other people. How do they do that? Just rationally, just look, say, you know, if, if someone else could do what I'm doing, I would be impressed. What advice do you give women who want to make a difference in the world? Uh, just do it. You know, I mean, there's, there's no pattern or prescription. We need to worry less about what we should do and do whatever we can. So get up in the morning and, and, and do, you know, if unfairness of any sort uh, presents itself, which it does, do what you can about it. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment? I have no idea. <laughs> I, you know, I have worked very hard to, to do what I thought was an important thing, which had no impact. And then I've discovered that some tiny thing that I did, you know, 10 years ago had huge impact. So I don't think you know. Coming up, Evercore partner and wealth advisor Jewel Bickford discusses what it takes to build our legacies and how we can preserve our wealth for the future. Join the Wall Street Journal in New York City on June 6, 2024, for the inaugural Tech Live Cybersecurity to network and hear from leading cybersecurity experts across a variety of sectors on how to combat cybersecurity threats, mitigate crippling attacks, and safeguard privacy on the individual and organizational level. Use the discount code PODCAST to receive $200 off your registration fee. Visit wsj.com slash techcyberpodcast to learn more. The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Another new episode is coming soon. You're listening to Secrets of Wealthy Women from The Wall Street Journal. Welcome back to a special edition of The Wall Street Journal's Secrets of Wealthy Women. At Evercore's recent event featuring Gloria Steinem, partner Jewel Bickford further discussed how women can take control of their financial future. So, Jewel, how did your dad's experience with money shape you? Oh, that's a very interesting question. My father was, they called him promoters when I was growing up, but he was basically an investment banker. And he was brilliant, and he made uh, a great deal of money in uh, the early 50s, late 40s, by flying all the Jewish people from Asia and Aden into what was then the new state of Israel. Because he had been uh, the president and owner of Alaskan Airlines, our partial owner, he had leased those planes to the Jewish community to fly all these immigrants. And the Alaskan pilots were so skilled that there were no accidents. And so his share of the insurance proceeds was immense. And by the time he died in 1984, I paid for his funeral expenses. So he was somebody who would bet the ranch. And I can assure you, I never bet the ranch. What did the experience of 
growing up wealthy and then not having resources and then becoming wealthy again. What? Tell me about that process and how that shaped how you view money. Well, I think it's uh, very important with the with the women in the families I work with at Evercore because uh, it's if you've never had wealth, you don't know what you're missing. But if you've had it, it's really painful to lose it. So finding a diversified portfolio and getting your spending under control and not worrying about money is a large part of what I think we do very well at Evercore. And I think that for me, at least, of course, it's it's everyone here does that. But for me, it's a real passion because I would hate to have any of our clients or my friends feel that they experienced what I did growing up, which was basically a financial roller coaster. What do you say to women who feel they just don't have the time to invest? Well, I'm not suggesting that anybody invests. I've never bought a stock in my entire life. But until I came to Evercore, and I'm also a client of Evercore's, I managed my own money. I chose the managers and I pretty much managed our family portfolio. My husband is a lawyer. He read the documents and the risk factors, but I made the allocation decisions and manager decisions. And I've never bought a stock. So I don't suggest that people do that. I suggest that they learn enough to be able to ask the financial advisor the right questions so that they get the answers for them for themselves. How can women get more comfortable talking about money? Well, that's one of the things we do here in our Wise Women series, and that's one of the reasons we have it for just women and call it a Wise Women series, because women can be very chatty among themselves and they can share. Often when men are in the room, they feel a certain reluctance. What do you say to women who don't think they're good at math so they don't invest? I don't think being good at math has anything to do with investing. You have to understand risk tolerance. You have to understand the need for diversification. You have to understand different types of assets and what they do in your portfolio to protect you. That's what you need to understand. You don't need to be good at math. Too many people look at it as a sign of success or a sign of of accomplishment. I look at it as just an exchange for goods and services. And am I going to have a good time? And can I afford it? And I try very hard to live within my budget. Time now for your secrets. I'm Jewel Bickford. I'm a partner at Evercore Wealth Management. My money secret is that I think your money should give you pleasure in life and you should use your wealth to live a more fulfilling life with wealth. I'm Gloria Steinem and my money secret is that I trust a couple of people who know what my money situation is and I don't know. (laughs) That's awful, isn't it? But it's true. Be sure to check back for future episodes featuring the founders of Angie's List and Baked by Melissa, Angie Hicks and Melissa Benache. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite audio provider and check back weekly to hear more about the secrets of wealthy women. What's your secret? Let us know. Write podcasts at DowJones.com or on Twitter. Use hashtag Secrets of Wealthy Women.